Welcome to In a Prosecco, the podcast that raises a glass to moms who are transitioning from empty nester into the next beautiful phase of life as a free bird. I'm your host, Bernie Slowey. I'm a mother of two sons who have grown and flown, and I'm also a former corporate executive, filmmaker, writer, speaker, and entrepreneur who has helped women transfer into their authentic selves to uncork their infinite sparkling possibilities. So whether you're sipping a Prosecco or your favorite beverage of choice, join me as we pop open today's message in a bottle. Hello and welcome to Anna Prosecco, where I pour truth serum with some Prosecco and get to see what the message in the bottle is today. All right, so this is going to be very helpful, I hope, because I know with many of you who may become an empty nester or already are an empty nester, but do we ever talk about how to actually prepare the nest, refeathering the nest, so that when it's time, we're able to manage all the emotions around the feeling of loss and distress and the anxiety that comes with it. And it's always important to have that awareness of what's going on emotionally, psychologically with your body, because it is all connected, right? So I want to start with the ideas of what I learned from filmmaking and really constructed a formula of sorts to get to the processing of our emotions and and really whatever we think about, we bring about. And so when we're able to actually take those thoughts and then whatever comes up emotionally and managing that so that we're not feeling the distress, that there's a, a lot to do in preparing so that we don't have to just wing it, just like anything, right? So if we are able to go through kind of this step-by-step, Hopefully, you'll be able to be ready when the departure actually happens, whether it's your first or last. So the way I like to structure really everything is through the reframing, rescripting, and redirecting of our thought processes. So that all came from when I was director and producer of my first documentary film. And this also happened to be when I became the accidental subject matter of the documentary. That's a whole nother story, but I will tell you that the experience of being in so many roles as a filmmaker really got me aware about how that actually transfers into life in almost every circumstance. So what is the reframing, rescripting, and redirecting? Let's start with as we prepare for the empty nest, that reframing is really having awareness. Awareness is so critical to basically acknowledging what we're feeling. We know that the day is going to be coming, so we don't have to wait until it actually happens to start having our little panic attack, you know, because I know I did. I didn't prepare. I was so into the day-to-day of my sons because I knew that, you know, the day was coming for when we were going to pack and send my son off to college. I wish I would have taken more time preparing and planning accordingly. 
And back into his junior year, when we were even first starting to talk about college, at that time, it was just a lot of fun to go and explore what the options were. And then to be you know, still very much involved in whether it was sports or different activities, planning family events together. It was always like a, a distraction just to be busy doing. And I think the critical element about preparing for empty nesting is how are we being? So as we reframe what empty nest syndrome really is, it's really preparing for our own leap as our kids are flying away from the coop. That means we get to fly too. So as you are preparing to fly, think about it as like, how would you see yourself as a bird? <laughs> Whether it's like soaring as an eagle or rising from the ashes like a phoenix, then the idea of being able to really acknowledge what is coming or what is here to be able to then take steps to, okay, identify how do I want to spend my time? I don't want to just pick up a, a hobby one, after the fact. What is it that I can start putting my attention to? Because it's really important to have that self-interest, not just with the interest of what's happening with the kids and the family, but what are those things that you've been putting off? Or is it something that you're wanting to look at potentially making a move career-wise? Or the places that you want to travel to? Like, how would you spend your time? And all those people that you want to reconnect with that maybe, you know, you just didn't have time for. You know, life is busy, especially when you are still maybe not driving your child around anymore, but there's still so many different activities to prepare for. And, and really setting the pace for your children to be prepared too, because we're, they're going to be watching how you behave. And so to be able to communicate what you're feeling too, like, oh, I know this is, you know, it's just your junior year. And as we're going to explore campuses, or you're looking at different options of where your next position might be, whether it's, you know, you want to go to a trade school. I think it's really important that the open communication, not just with your family, your spouse, your children, it, your friends, utilize them as a support network. And you'll be surprised, actually. I, I just am thinking about it right now. But what if you were to actually start something more like what we did with our Friday afternoon clubs with Prosecco and start actually talking about, okay, here's one stage we're going to be going to together as juniors. Like So parents of juniors, parents of seniors, being able to start really the commiserating of sorts, but also the the connection piece is going to be really wonderful when you are taking that sad moment and shifting it to a whole celebration. It's actually what my husband did for me when he said, come on, we're free birds. We can actually pick up. And one thing that I think of is when our kids were little and the kids went off to camp for a week. There was so much excitement. There was this feeling of, oh, freedom. We can actually have date night. And we would. We would have date night every night. You know, how long had it been since we were able to do a date night without a babysitter? So to be able to like think about like having those conversations with your partner, like all the things that you could be doing together. And I think the one thing too that helped me prepare is that I knew that I didn't want to be at home once the departure took place. And that was really, really helpful. So in reframing, it's just looking at it differently. You know, of course, there's going to be the, the 
natural worries and anxiety that go with my kid is going off somewhere, not at home, and I won't be seeing them every day, and things are going to be changing. It's so healthy. So that's reframing. It's really the lens on how we're going to look at the shift from empty nest syndrome to transforming into that free bird. So the second thing to think about for transforming into a free bird is rescripting. So if you were to think back when you were about to leave home, you were graduating high school and the feeling and, and, and excitement that you were experiencing at that time as far as like, oh, I'm going to have absolute freedom. You know, like I'm not going to have my parents looking over my shoulder. I had a midnight curfew and I was thinking, wow, I'm not going to have to worry about a midnight curfew anymore. Well, I didn't actually leave home until my junior year of college because I was at a commuter campus. And so I would have to commute to campus every day, but I was also working and I was working full time as I was going to school full time. So for me, it was still this feeling of like, there's a responsibility for me to have to go to college classes, right? And also the excitement of like being able to go to work and so I had a very different experience probably from the majority, but that's what I like about it is that everybody has their own path. Everybody has their own journey. So in how we rescripting or doing the rescripting and how we tell our story, what is the story about, you know, sharing that with your kids, but also remembering that at first I was really jealous of all of my friends who were going off to college and being able to be away from home. And now I realize though that what that meant for me, because I couldn't afford to go away to college. I had to rely on the small scholarship that I had from the commuter campus at um, the University of Colorado Denver. And then also recognize that as I was working full time, I was actually getting promoted and um, getting the best experience I could. I was a business major. But at the time, as though even though I was really excited, I was also jealous of my friends who were having their traditional college experience. And mine was like, I had to be really super responsible. You know, really, it was more of like, I look back and wanting to leave home was about learning about who I was away from my friends that I grew up with and who I went to school with. And then it was like this reinvention and I could be anybody that I wanted to be and especially feeling responsible. So we all have this story about when we left home. So for your child that's about to leave home, they're gonna have their own excitement, anticipation of what's gonna happen, stress. There might be some initial homesickness, that kind of thing. And so, you know, from both sides of the fence and the telling the story of being okay with however you're feeling, and shifting that so that it's like, yeah, we're going to really be sad when you're gone. And we're also going to be really excited for you and turning that lens on to your child as far as how will they view leaving and feel good about it will predominantly be really based on how you are able to actually show them a, a, a new way of not feeling sad so much that they're leaving. Yes, that's going to be normal, but also the excitement that comes from it. And that's rescripting 
like how do you want to tell that story? And I think that one of the things can, you can do is journal. Journal how you feel with because I really feel that rescripting is the acceptance. This is going to be coming soon. So I'm going to write down how I feel because I think journaling is such an important practice anyway. But to journal how am I feeling today to when this happens, what am I going to do when I feel this way? Right. And that comes back to the acceptance of what's happened and always with that self-care. That self-care is so critical. And and I know that for me, yoga was one of those things that I did. Meditation. I learned about meditation. And meditation comes in many forms. Meditation doesn't have to be when you think of like having your legs crossed and you're sitting up and om. That is one form of meditation. My favorite form of meditation actually is I like to listen to guided meditation and I am usually lying flat because I like to cover myself up and feel like I'm in a cocoon. So the meditation piece of just going into really a zone. So whether I'm listening to binaural beats with earphones, a guided meditation, or just even having the sounds of like the sea or the ocean waves, anything that's just going to calm you down. The other thing that I found for me for self-care was the breath work. So often we take that for granted, like, oh, we're breathing. It's just so automatic. But when we do mindful breath work, and I'm going to have a show specifically on certain types of divinations to help us through calming and really that elevated state of awareness to acceptance of guidance on how to find ways to, to help and, and explore what really works for you. But breath work, breath work, where it's mindful breathing. So I've heard of many methods. I've heard of the 555, which is like inhale for five, hold your breath for five, and exhale for five. I've heard it four, seven, eight, whatever. Most important thing is that you're taking the time to be mindful. And so when you start to feel anxiety or when there's this feeling of distress that to be able to go inward. And so however form that takes. Yoga for me was so healing because when I had my three miscarriages and they were all in a row, I found that going to yoga was like giving a big hug to myself. So whether it's yoga, whether it's running, I think it's so important that, you know, the body is what helps ground us, right? It's what keeps us tethered as we might have monkey mind in our thoughts. And with our emotions, like when the thoughts and the body converge, the emotions, that's when we can really, what that will all surface as is some kind of dis-ease. So that's why it's so important that the self-care, however that might look for you. And even if it's just to be able to go and have a glass or two of Prosecco with your girlfriends. All right. So now the third step and phase, I think, of being able to really understand the process and preparing for empty nest syndrome is the redirecting. The redirecting piece, because in filmmaking, you know, you really want to be able to have the mindset of what a director does. Okay. So a director calls action. What action are you taking? So now that you've had the awareness, the acknowledgement, right? Then you go through the acceptance, take care of yourself, prepare for that day, but then the redirecting. What happens now that 
departure has happened? Are you going to take action on the self-care? Are you taking action on staying connected with your friends, your spouse, partner, community, however you're doing that, with work friends? And also, I think that the directing is very much about like, what is my next step? What do I really want for me? This is a an inner journey that really is the action. This is being able to identify that those distractions that were preventing you from actually focusing on what it is that you would want, or really the most important thing for ourselves is to evaluate where are we in this time of life? Are we where we want to be? What did we discard with whether it was hobbies or the new job interest or career interest and totally shifting? And were we waiting for something to happen? You know, always like, oh, when the kids leave or even evaluating the relationship, you know, so is this, were you staying in the marriage because of the kids? And are you truly connected with your partner? Is this an opportunity to evaluate? Is this you know, time to also make a change and shift in your relationship that's been, you know, maybe the factor for why you kept the distraction of the household being together. It's a sacrifice that many, many mothers make. And so be honest about that for yourself and for your partner too, to be able to evaluate that. We went through that. My husband and I did. We kind of really looked at, you know, who are we now? And the one thing that was able to, that we found common ground on actually, because he's such a great cook and he loves to cook, but we didn't usually have dinners with our kids because of the crazy hectic schedule. So that when we would finally come together for dinner, it could be really late. But what we found is that toyed with the, the delivery home meal services, and I would help him cook. I would prepare the meal. I would prepare the the vegetables, the meat, whatever, and he would cook, but we would do it together. And so it was kind of a bonding thing for us since usually it was kind of chaotic (laughs) and cooking was chaotic. So that's just an example of like what action, you know, for me, I, I don't enjoy the cooking so much, but I did more so in feeling like we were doing something new together. And then for travel, the ability to be able to pick up and leave. And actually it was kind of cool that our son that was still at home when our oldest did go off to college, our youngest at home was like, I'm old enough now to be able to dog sit and house sit and give him that responsibility. So even then it was like, yeah, we can take a long weekend. So however that looks and presents itself, but I think that the the action that we take in redirecting the the feelings and emotions around being an empty nester, having the the time for yourself to be able to like, hey, I wanted to learn how to play guitar. So it was a great excuse for me to take guitar lessons. I wish I would have taken piano lessons. I wish I would have kept up with the guitar. You know, so that, or even like deciding that you're going to try a triathlon. (laughs) You want to be able to put your time and attention into training for something like that. Whatever it may look like. And also, In the redirecting, I've learned that as part of that inner journey of like exploration of the surrendering and just being in a place of being 
We don't have to be doing all the time and we don't have to be taking action because distraction is not an action. The action of being mindful of what is it that I want? What is it that you want to do? Really look at how you've taken all those times and all the effort and energy and for your family and start putting that spotlight back on you. What is it that you need? And it's so funny because so many times when I ran my retreat business and there would be long, it would be usually about four to five days, these retreats. And so many times that with these moms whose kids were still at home and, you know, the idea of like, I just need some time for myself and reset. And the most popular retreats were always at the beginning of the year. It's kind of like, what do I want for my year to look like? And many times moms would be like, I don't want to spend that money on myself. But, you know, if my kid needs something, I'll drop whatever amount is needed to ensure that they're taken care of. You know, whatever it's a new sport equipment or if they need something, braces, there's a car that, you know, that needs to be fixed. So we will do that in sacrifice for our children, but we won't make that sacrifice for ourselves. <clears throat> and I think that surround that element of surrendering to, hey, you know what? I need, I need to put the oxygen mask on myself because without putting the oxygen mask on myself, I'm no good to anybody. And I, I will tell you, I'm no good to anybody. And that's why sometimes having a little prosecco is that moment of just calmness to be able to share that with a friend and just whether it's the prosecco or any beverage of choice right it's what we enjoy i want to talk more about joy hang on just had to get another sip in that's my joy when we think about redirecting it is about what gives you the absolute ultimate happiness this is really becomes about you this time is for you so as you're preparing, yes, until departure happens, but get that day set up so that day one, I know that it was the best thing for me to be gone that first week when the house was completely empty and both of my sons were off to college. It was the most, I think the best thing I could have ever done and the most mindful thing to be able to say, I am leaving town. When I get back, I'll deal with what I need to deal with. But to be away and then know that I was coming home to an empty house and preparing for that. So what am I going to do to get Nick's room repurposed? And what about Jack's room to redecorate so that I actually made one of their rooms into my office? And not looking at it as, gosh, this is so sad and had to make that change, but rather like, this is so cool. This is something for me. I get to have my own space now. So there's many ways to look at how you want to redirect. And even if it's just something as simple as, hey, we're going to do date night every night, something, or you're going to schedule something for yourself once a week for self-care. You'll start doing whatever it is that gives you joy on a regular basis, because that's what's going to amp up your emotions and feelings and your vibe, you know, the vibes that you have so that it won't be so debilitating to remind yourself when the rooms are empty, the kids are away. And, you know, the saying like, <laughs> when the kids are away, the parents will play. Absolutely embrace that. So critical. So 
retracking what we talked about. So I hope this is re-inspirement for you as you think about, you know, taking these steps to prepare for empty nest syndrome because you are a free bird. And if you realize that reframing an empty nest syndrome is like coming back and being able to like focus on you again and to rescript. So what does that journey look like for you? You know, that inner journey that becomes the outer directing of your action of how to live your best life. This is, you know, your thought, your purpose was going to be all about, you know, making sure your kids were doing well. And I'm telling you, if they're ready and they're anxious to leave and fly the coop, then you did your job. It's time to pat yourself on the back, reward yourself, take care of yourself and, you know, connect with your friends over a bottle of Prosecco or whatever your drink of choice. So having that awareness, accepting that it's coming, and then be prepared to take that action because it is now time to focus on you. We're going to explore some more about what it means to take that focus and put it on you as you really dive in and look at living your purpose. So that'll be another episode. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time. If you enjoyed this episode of In a Prosecco, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new episode is posted. Rate and review the show and please do comment and share ideas for topics that are important to you. A friend who cares is a friend who shares. Here's a toast to you on your re-inspirement journey. Cheers. <laughs>